This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. This morning's shows were heavily focused on the ongoing crisis in the NHS, with further nursing strikes coming after the Royal College of Nursing voted against the government's pay deal. The Royal College's General Secretary, Pat Cullen, stood by her union's members, telling Laura Koonsberg that the working conditions of nurses and doctors meant patients were at risk at all times, not just on strike days. She said only ministers could stop strikes and that they needed to return with an improved offer. Now, you've had a letter from the Health Secretary, Steve Barclay, just in the last half hour. You've called for urgent talks. What's his response to you been? Well, it's interesting that it's taken the Health Secretary days to respond to my letter. Uh, And I get it half an hour before I'm coming on your programme. So I'd ask, I wonder why, first of all. And that's not about being disrespectful to me. It's been disrespectful to over 500,000 nurses that I represent. Um, What has he said, though? In fact, it says very little, Laura. Uh, it actually says very little. He has spent longer writing in the sun today than he has responding to our half million nurses. And what does it say? It says that he believes the bonus that they have put on the table is enough and nurses should accept that and continue to work in the high risk areas that they're working with the understaffing that they've got. And he's asking you to pause the strike action though. Will you do that? No. Our nurses will absolutely not do that. We have strike action for the end of this month, beginning of May, and then we will move immediately to ballot our members. And if that ballot is successful, it will mean further strike action um, right up until Christmas. Now, the person that can stop that and the people that can stop that is Steve Barclay and the ministers, and indeed the Prime Minister. And I would urge them again today that add to the money that they've put on the table, respect nursing, respect the health service, and let's get a resolution. Defending the government's negotiating so far, Conservative Party Chair Greg Hands was vague on what further steps would be taken while they waited for the other unions' voting results. He was keen to stress, however, that the RCN leadership, including Pat Cullen herself, had initially recommended the deal to their members and that the vote had only narrowly gone against it. The nurses have said no to the offer, as they were entitled to do in their vote. So for our viewers this morning and patients who might be worried about it, the question is, how are you going to stop the strikes taking place? And if you refuse to budge, then the government is allowing another strike to take place that could endanger patients. Well, well, look, let's wait and see what the other unions have to say first as well. There's a lot of other staff out there. Mm-hmm. A unison, as I mentioned, voted by 74% mm-hmm. to accept the offer, mm-hmm. uh, which represents a third of the agenda for change staff. So there's a lot of people accepting what but I think what is a very fair and reasonable offer. change what the nurses have said. And then you're right, there are different ballots. The GMB is yet to come back, Unite is yet to come back, and we're uncertain about the results. But the point here is that the nurses have said no. And we've been sitting here with ministers since the autumn, week after week, saying, how are you going to stop these disputes happening? How are you going to prevent walkouts? How are you going to stop risks for patients happening? And you're presiding over a situation where operations are being cancelled, patients may face further risks, and you're not telling me what you're going to do about it. You're saying, let's wait and see what the others say. 
Well, uh, because what I'm saying is that it's a very fair, reasonable offer, first of all. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I just can't stress enough how that is fair, both to nurses, mm -hmm. all of NHS staff, mm -hmm. public sector staff, and to the taxpayer. Mm -hmm. Of course, the other unions are balancing at the moment. The nurses rejected it narrowly, despite mm -hmm. the recommendation of Pat Cullen and the RCN leadership. One of the concerning aspects of the dispute is the possibility that nurses will expand their action to remove protections for emergency and cancer care, creating further risk for patients. The Shadow Secretary of State for Health, Wes Streeting, attacked the government on its general record with the NHS and spoke about Labour's plans to greatly expand the healthcare workforce. He did, however, urge the unions to think twice before expanding their strike action in ways that could be harmful. One thing I would say to RCN, they're talking about an escalation of the dispute through the manner of the strike action they've taken. I think one of the reasons why the RCN has enjoyed widespread public support is that in previous rounds of industrial action, they have been gone out of their way, in fact, to say, look, we're going to protect emergency care, we're going to protect cancer care. And I'm deeply worried about the risk of escalation of the nature of their dispute to remove what known as the derogations, the measures they put in place to protect those areas of care. I'd appeal to them, if they are going on strike again, to continue to protect patient care, because with the junior doctors' strikes this week, we'll see what the actual impact of that was in the coming days. But I'm really worried about patient safety, actually, in, in the middle of all of this. So, for absolute clarity, you think it would be wrong for the RCN to escalate by removing uh, the, prote the protection for emergency life-saving care that they uh, extended in previous strikes. Yeah, there, there just aren't circumstances in which I'm going to sit on your programme and say I think it's right to remove cover for emergency care, for cancer care. I think that would be the wrong thing to do. Uh, I think the government have got to now um, you know, bend over backwards to resolve the disputes, not just in relation to nurses, by the way, but junior doctors, because they're making the same mistakes all over again. We saw months and months of no negotiation with nursing, uh, which led to disruption, but also a, a tremendous amount of bad will and bad feeling towards the government uh, in the nursing profession. They're making the same mistakes all over again with junior doctors now, where even after four days of strike action this week, which was far more disruptive than the nurses' strike, yep. there's, there are still no negotiations, and I cannot for the life of me understand why. Today we've got the health secretary okay. writing in the sun saying he's worried about patient safety. Well, you know, it's no, no point writing to a newspaper like an agony aunt. You're Let's... the health secretary. Show some leadership. Another danger would be the possibility of nurses and junior doctors going on strike at the same time. Pat Cullen told Koonsberg that there were no plans in place for such an action, but she neglected to rule it out. And NHS Providers Deputy Chief Executive Saffron Cordery described the possibility as incredibly worrying, saying the safety net that had been in place in previous strikes would disappear. Just finally, could you spell out if there is joint strike action by different unions, doctors and nurses out at the same time? I mean, one health leader told the BBC yesterday that he couldn't comprehend what that might be like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had conversations in our organisations and across the trust leaders about how this would look and it's it is really incredibly worrying we know that when we've had the derogations in the past it's felt like there's been that safety Some net there yeah. protection that will disappear and I think that we will find ourselves in a situation where already we are devoting so much resource to keeping patients safe in an emergency that's what has to happen in this situation what that means of course is that we will see 
the foot coming off the pedal in things like, you know, routine operations, mm -hmm. routine mental health appointments, routine community care visits, those kind of things. So we get a further backlog and then the waiting lists go up more. The NHS has done a brilliant job on waiting lists so far. We have to say that. Mm -hmm. It's really, really managed well. Mm -hmm. But... It's not sustainable in the long term. Well, the government very, has to come to the table. It's a very big but. Well, all three of you, thank you very much for your insight. Finally, Greg Hand spoke to Trevor Phillips about bad polling results for the Conservatives. There are independent predictions that they could lose more than 1,000 seats in the upcoming local elections. But Hands claimed they were fighting hard to improve their chances. Phillips asked if he was simply trying to massage expectations. This is pretty awful for you, isn't it? Well, uh, no one was pretending it's going to be easy. Uh, last year was a very difficult year for the country, a difficult year for the government, a difficult year for the Conservative Party. But what we are doing as Trevor is getting on with the five priorities of, of halving inflation, restoring growth, cutting the debt, re reducing hospital waiting lists and stopping the boats. That is, those are the people's priorities. Those are Rishi Sunak's priorities. In terms of the local elections, these will be fought principally on local issues. We've got some... There's a okay. huge number of Conservative councillors up for re-election uh, in a few weeks' time. Uh, the Conservatives remain the largest party of local government. Um, the independent expectations are that Labour... Uh, the Conservatives will lose more than a 1,000 seats mm -hmm. and that Labour need to make big gains. That is what the expectation is out there. OK. But I've been up and down the country, the Conservatives are fighting really hard. I've got some great you're, counts. You're, you're, you're predicting a 1,000-seat loss, or are you just trying to uh, massage our expectations here? Uh, that is what the independent experts, uh, Professors Rallings and Thrasher, uh, John Curtis, are all predicting. Uh, I'm saying we are fighting really hard. I've got some great councillors, great council candidates up and down the country. I've been travelling up and down the country the last couple of weeks, all the way from Ramsgate to Hartlepool, from okay. Accrington to, to Worcester, campaigning. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman, and this podcast was produced by Joe Bedell Brill. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffeehouse Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily evening blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week. Mm -hmm.